Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. ready for church today? Yeah? You ready to get in the Word? Good. For who, who brought their Bible today? Let me see them. Let me see them out there. We got a few of them. Yeah, yeah. It feels good to wave it in the air, doesn't it? It feels good, yeah. yeah. You got your exercise done for the day. You can cross that off of your list. I wave my Bible around. The bigger your Bible, the stronger you get. There you go. Uh, but uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalms 139, and uh, we're, we're going to start in verse 13. Um, but while you're doing that, I got a question for you. Have you ever looked at somebody and thought to yourself, man, they are weird? Don't look at people in the room right now. That's not right. Goodness gracious. I saw that. They're like, this one over here, right? You ever, you ever done that? I mean, you ever, you ever thought like something was weird or somebody was weird, you know? And uh, you know that they look at you and think the same thing? Yeah, come on. Like, yeah, we, we are all weird like just say to your neighbor right now you are weird you are weird weird now this this message today was inspired by a conversation that phil and i had while we were at the prayer tent yesterday and and i was just like you know i've been praying trying to figure out what we're going to talk about and he was telling me about how as a teacher he was working with his students and and one of the students was super passionate about football Super passionate, knew all the statistics, knew all how the team was doing, knew how many points they had to get to this part, to this thing. And, and he, he was just super passionate about football. And he was making fun of a kid who was super passionate about Star Trek. He's like, you are weird, right? Well, he didn't tell me he was the kid, Melissa. So if, that, if this is Phil's story, and he was vicariously saying that it was somebody else. Uh, it, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and Phil told me how, as a teacher, he talked to them and he said, you know you're both weird, right? Like, you are passionate about grown men in spandex that throw around leather. Like, do you see what's wrong with you? And then you are passionate about something completely fictional. So, you're both weird. One is more socially acceptable weird and one is just a different kind of weird. I mean, but we're all, somebody just say, we're all weird. We're all weird. We're all weird. I, I get excited about this frozen little piece of rubber that gets shot around all over the place while people are on figure skates. Are you with me? Like, I'm passionate about that. I can't wait to get out of church today so I can go play hockey this afternoon, you know? But we're weird. We're weird. I can't tell you. when I, I live in the United States of America, and I don't like ketchup. You're weird, right? 
oh my gosh, if we could just talk about all the weird things that everyone is here. I mean, we could, we could, I could go around the room with my own uh, just viewing and watching you how weird you are. Are you with me? But we are weird. Somebody say we're weird. Today's message is titled, Own Your Weird. Own Your Weird. Come on, just tell your neighbor right now. Own Your Weird. Own Your Weird. Yeah, have you liked this series so far, Mind Grown? Uh, you know, I just want to expand our minds and how we look at ourselves and how we look at other people. Because sometimes we look at other people and we realize just how weird they are, but we don't realize how weird we are. Are you with me? And, and so it's so funny when, when we can, you know what, you're like, oh, you, you wear similar clothes to me. You know, don't you think they're weird? Right? And then they're hanging out with their friends over here going like, don't you think they're weird? Right? Like, I, I had the greatest time yesterday and in the last couple of days celebrating Jesse, Jesse Carrillo. It was so incredible. Uh, at, his, at his memorial on Friday night, there were 400 plus people in the room. It was insane how many people were in there. I thought to myself, I don't think that many people love me and would come to my funeral. But uh, I was like, man. And the best part of it was just how diverse the room was. You had people that had giant mohawks like Jesse with spikes all over in, at his memorial. You had, you had people in suits and ties at his memorial. You had people in hockey jerseys at his memorial. And, and you look around the room and they're all so different. And I was like, man. This, this is what the kingdom of heaven would look like. This is everybody in one place. How do you love everyone, right? And, and I, I love how many people, this, this blows my mind, how many people discriminate against other people's weird. A lot, right? A lot we discriminate against other people's weird. But I hate to tell you this, but when you get to heaven, guess what? It's going to be full of all those weirdos. Oh, they, when you get to heaven, they're going to be all different colors. They're going to be all different sizes. Here's the thing. When you look at any one person, you're looking at a part of Jesus. Oh, I know that's going to mess with your mind for a minute. You're like, wait a minute. Like, any person? Any person? Come on, let's get into some Scripture today. Are you ready? Did you make it to Psalms 139? Verse 13. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Verse 15. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank You for Your Word today. I thank You for Your Word, and, and I thank You for our weird. Lord, that You've made us all so different, and, but also intricate, also on purpose, also full of purpose. And so, Father, I just pray that You'd reveal to us, God, I just, just take the scales off of our eyes today to be able to see people the way that You see people. That when you looked at each individual, you saw that it was worthy to send your only son to die for that one person. So God, I just thank you for today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's point number one for my note takers. Do I have some note takers out there? Got some note takers. For my note takers, point number one is God has purpose for my weird. 
God has purpose for my weird. Now think about it. I know the things, you can probably name 50 things you don't like about yourself. And you'll have a hard time naming 10 things you do like about yourself. Because you think you're weird. You know, as Phil and I were talking, we're like, do you know there's no such thing as normal? Like we have an idea of what we think normal is. And most of us try to fit in that box of normal as best we can. You know, like these are, these are the mannerisms of a normal person, so I'm going to try and live this way. Are you with me? And this is what society says that normal is, and so I'm going to try to live that way. And, and even the society's normal is so distorted. Look at every magazine cover. Does that person look like you? No, they don't, do they? Did you know that most of the people on those magazine covers don't even look like themselves on the magazine covers? There's somebody with a computer that makes the waist just a little bit skinnier and the, the face, just those bones stick out just a little bit more. They, they perfect what is already imperfect. Have you ever, you ever seen a, a movie star on, on the big screen? Does anybody like movies? Do I got some movie people? You watch that movie star on the big screen, you're like, wow. And then you, you see them in person for the first time. Right? Are you with me? I, I, got, I had the, the privilege of playing against Kurt Russell's son playing hockey against Kurt Russell's son Wyatt Russell when I was a kid and Wyatt Russell if you don't know who that is he's the guy who plays the new Captain America like the bad Captain America right he's, he's a movie star now too like dad but I got to I got to meet Kurt Russell he's very short he's, he's a little guy I would on on the movie screen when I saw him in backdraft I was thinking like dude this guy is larger than life are you with me and then you meet him and this was like 30 years ago and he looked like he was he was on his way out. Are you with me? Like then. I mean, sorry, Kurt Russell, if you're watching right now. But he, he did not look like the Kurt Russell that I saw on the screen. Are you with me? And now he's still doing movies. And he still looks as young as he did, in, I mean, on the movie screen. But if he looks anything like I saw him at the hockey rink, I can't imagine what he looks like today. Are you with me? Right? I'm just grateful that I have a makeup team that makes me look good every Sunday. Are you with me? Because I look like 50 years older than I really am. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll get there, though. I'll get there, though. Sorry, Kurt Russell. Um, God has purpose for my weird. God has purpose for your weird. If you read the Bible, every character is weird. Every character. And this, this, will, this will be borderline blasphemy. People will get mad at me for this. I'll get emails. Jesus was weird. Oh. Yeah. And some, some people are like, you can't call Jesus weird. I got in trouble one Easter because I called Jesus a punk. And, and they were like, you can't call Jesus a punk. Well, I'm like, yes, I can. Because the definition of a punk is somebody that, 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 that dupes somebody and gets over on one. And I was preaching on the walk to Emmaus where this guy is walking for miles with another person, finally reveals, hey, I'm Jesus, and then disappears. I mean, that dude's a punk. Like, if you would have told me I was walking with Jesus the whole time, I would have talked to you differently. I would have asked questions. And here you're sitting like, tell me, tell me what happened, at, 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 what happened on that mountain? What, who was it that was on the... Jesus was being a punk. Are you with me? He was being a punk. So Jesus was weird. You know, and how do, how do I know Jesus is weird? Why? Why? Why, Jesus? Did you have to spit in the mud and put it in that dude's eyes? Why? 
That's weird. I mean, you, you didn't have to do that every time. So why did you do it that time? Are you with me? Like, like I, I don't understand. The weirdness of Jesus, like Jesus, is because if that was the magical thing, we'd have a thing of dirt up here. Like, bring the blind people to me. I've got dirt. I'll spit in it right now, and we're going to see people healed from blindness because that's how it works. That's how Jesus... But that, Jesus did it so many different ways so that we wouldn't have this magical thing. Oh, we have to have the dirt that Jesus spit in for people to, to people to be healed from their blindness. Are you with me? God is going to use your weird. He's going to use your weird. If you are passionate about men in tights that throw around some leather, He can use your weird. Because there's other dudes that are passionate about men in tights that are throwing down leather. Are you with me? And so you can reach a, a certain group of people who are passionate about the same thing. Where are my Star Trek people at? Right? Where are my Star Wars people at? Where are my Marvel people at? My, my DC people. DC people, the church down the street is for you. Are you with me? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I think Batman's the only cool person in DC. But anyway, no, that just hurt people's feelings right there. That just happened. Football and Star Wars? You are weird. Come on. Everybody say, Pete, you're weird. Pete, you're weird. Pete, you're weird. I want to tell you this. God was interested in every detail. Let me say every detail. Every de- Are you ever interested in every detail? Never. I mean, does anybody know how their television works? Or do you just want it to work? You will hit it because that's the most technical way to fix it. Right? Like, but we don't know how it works. We're not taking that thing apart to put that thing together. And, and even if I do have a television technician that's watching right now and they're like, I know. <laughs> you also don't know how to do something else that you don't care about. Are you with me? You drive your car every day and you don't know how that works. Are you with me? You take it to the mechanic. He tells you what you need to fix. Are you with me? We don't need to know every detail, but Jesus, God, He was interested in every detail when He made you. Every detail. Some, some translations say, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully is where we get that word complex from. When it, where it says complex in the version I'm reading right now. I was interested in every complexity of who you are. Of how I made you to be. All you, as you start to think about that for yourself, you start to realize, maybe there isn't something wrong with me. Maybe God made me this way for a reason. Maybe, maybe I'm so pessimistic because I'm, I, I actually bring safety to a room. Are you with me? Maybe I'm so optimistic because I can see dreams that other people can't see. Are you with me? God made you perfect. When He looked at you, He said, Oh, there she is. This is who I Everybody look, 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 look. Here she is. Here she comes. Look at her crooked smile. It's perfect. Are you with me? Her nose. Everyone thinks it's, it's too big. It's not. It's perfect. Just the way I made you. Are you with me? When, when God thought of you, when He saw you, He did not make an accident. You are not leftover material that He was like, oh, I guess we should use this stuff. Are you with me? And I, do I have some crafting people? Right? The ladies are getting ready to do their crafting thing this week. Right? There's going to be cut pieces of stuff that just gets left over. Sometimes we feel like God get, went into the leftover bin found all the extra stuff and said, we should probably make something out of this. Maybe we'll make Pastor Justin. Right? Is anybody with me? Like, 
He's just going to be odd-shaped. He's going to say things you shouldn't say from a pulpit. Right? We're just, this is going to be funny, you guys. Watch this one. That's not what happens. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. I paid attention to every detail when I made you. Oh, my gosh. I invited every one of those Mohawk-loving people to church today, and I was hoping with all my heart I would see at least one. But we'll keep working at it. Amen? We'll keep working at it. I was telling Phil there was just a giddiness in my spirit. I was like, you know, did anybody see the movie Jesus Revolution? And, and how he invited the hippies in, and, and they all complained that their dirty feet were getting all over the carpet. And, and so he's like, I got an idea then. I'm going to sit at the front door, and I'm going to wash everyone's feet as they walk in. And I thought, man, here is a group of people that doesn't have a shepherd. A group of people that, that maybe look scary on the outside with spikes and everything else. man. I remember when, when we invited Jesse to come and be in our kids' ministry, and he thought, me? I, his mom told me yesterday, he, he came home that day, they said I could work in the kids' ministry. They're letting me be a part of the kids. I, he was so elated and excited that somebody saw something in him. Are you with me? What if the church stopped being so normal? We're not normal. You can fake it till you make it, but you're still not normal. We can go, uh, maybe we should take a field trip one day and walk into somebody else's church and just remind them, you're not normal. Stop faking it. Are you with me? Like, there is no normal. Normal is a lie to make us compare things that we're never supposed to be compared. <sighs> Come on, somebody. Get excited. Genesis 1, verse 27 says, so God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Somebody say in His own image. Can I tell you how many people have tried to get me to be in their image? As a campus pastor, I was asked, you know, you should probably wear different clothes. Your facial hair is a little too long for a pastor. And maybe you would consider wearing skinny jeans. That's because Chelsea knows I would look like an ice cream cone. You know, like I've got these skinny, tiny little chicken legs and then this, this poof that comes out on the top. Like I'd just wear a pink shirt to church, right, with, with these skinny jeans on and I'm going to look like an ice cream cone. I'm going to make some people hungry. Are you with me? It's just not going to be right. Somebody say, that's not right. That's not right. Don't think about that. <laughs> the Hebrew word, let, let's get intellectual for a minute, you guys. Stop laughing. This is church. We're trying to be normal. Just playing. Have a good time. Have a good time. In that verse where it says we were made in His own image, the word used for image is the Hebrew word, selem. Can you say Salem? Salem. It means replica or exact likeness of. So when God was putting you together in your mother's womb, He was creating an exact replica of Himself. He made human beings 
in this way. Are you with me? Not just Adam and we got screwed up after Adam and Eve, right? No, he said he made human beings in this way. That means look around. Look at the weirdo next to you. That person right there, exact replica. Exact likeness of God. So that means when I was at the punk rock show last night, loving on all those guys, and you know what? I had almost like three or four of them because they're, they're, they're freaked out about me, right? They're like, I can't believe you're here. Like, but at the same time, I had a few people go, thank you so much for everything the last few days. I saw you walking around, hugging on people, loving on people, crying with people. And I can't believe you would take the time to do that. And I just sat there and go, oh, I wish I could have done it more. I wish I could have multiplied myself six times and went and hugged on more people and loved on more people and heard their stories. Because I sat with a young lady with, with green hair and spikes all over and, and, and she was bawling and crying and nobody was consoling her. So I just walked up and, I, and here I am in, in, in my nice clothes, right? I, I'm a weirdo, right? So I showed up to punk rock places not looking like a punk rocker. Are you with me? But I showed up as me. And I asked her, can I sit with you? And she said, yeah. I sat with her, I put my arm around her, she put her head on my shoulder, and she started telling me stories about who Jesse was to her. And I shared with her stories of who Jesse was to me. And I shared with her how Friday night I had to repent. Because I watched that room and the diversity in that room. I had allowed my bitterness to keep me from loving on the amount of people that I am made to love on. I've had so many people hurt me. You guys don't understand. Like, if you want to be a pastor, I will talk you out of it. And I know it's funny, but it's true. Because it's painful. Loving people, and then they hurt you over and over and over again. But I do this to Jesus. I've hurt him over and over and over again with my lack of faith. I've hurt him over and over and over again with my sinful nature. I've heard him over and over and over again by my judgment of others. I've heard him over and over and over again. Are you with me? And I told this young lady, I need to work on myself and go back to loving people with everything I've got, no matter what happens. Are you with me? Is anybody with me? Jesse did that so well. <laughs> he did that so well. It didn't matter where he walked into. I, I used to get in trouble in, in the younger part of my marriage for doing the same thing he did and taking too long at a grocery store because I was talking to everybody. And as Chelsea's like, we have to make dinner and you are still talking to the cashier and we need to go. And, and I used to do that. And sorry, honey, but I think I'm going to get back to that. We're going to be late. If I'm late to your house, it's because I was loving on somebody else. Are you with me? And when I'm late to the next house, it's because I was loving on you too long. Are you with me? And it's just, we've just got to do these things. Because that's what really matters in the end. Did we get to dinner on time? I mean, we keep a tally, right? Our whole life of how many times we're at dinner on time. Did you, did you get 80% of the time? Did you win in the tally of getting to a place on time? Come on, somebody. Because nobody yesterday was talking about how punctual Jesse was. No, they were just talking about how he was their best friend. And how you can be 400 people's best friend blows my mind. Are you with me? Blows my mind. Come on, somebody.
where we have to say, oh, man. God has a purpose for our We got through the first point. Good job, guys. Here's point number two. Kind of goes with what I've already been talking about. It says, my weird is part of the complexity of God's liking. Why don't you think about that for a minute? My weird is part of the complexity of God's liking. Somebody say, own your weird. Own your weird. He created you with interests so you could connect with other people. And He created you weird so that you could realize that you're not better than anyone else. Amen. You can put pastor in front of somebody's name. You can put doctor in front of somebody's name. You can put anything in front of somebody's name. But it doesn't make them any less weird. Are you with me? We just get weird about different things. And sometimes my weird irritates your weird. Are you with me? Sometimes your weird irritates my weird. Are you with me? Does anybody have pet peeves in the room? Oh, man. I got pet peeves. Are you with me? We got pet peeves. <sighs> Let's go to Matthew for a minute. Matthew 19.13. says, One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so He could lay hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering Him. <laughs> There's a couple buts here I want you to pay attention to. But the disciples scolded them for bothering Him. Verse 14, but Jesus, come on. But Jesus said, let the children come to Me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And He placed His hands on their heads and blessed them before He left and it has nothing to do with blessing your kid. You are bothering him. Don't bother the master. Don't bother the teacher. They think they're, 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 they're being the, 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 the gatekeeper to protect Jesus' time. And Jesus is letting them know you missed it. If you think my time needs to be protected, you've missed it. This is what it's all about. Bring them to me. Bring the children to me. And when I, when I was reading that verse, I was thinking about all these punk rockers. Bring them. Bring them. Don't hold them back because they wear different clothes than you. Don't hold them back because they have more tattoos than you. Don't hold them back because they have a, a colorful past. Don't hold them back because their colorful past is actually their present. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. In the midst of all of it for us, Jesus says, bring them to me. This is what I'm here for. You know what the church is not here for? <laughs> the church is not here to have the perfect music set. The church is not here to have the perfect program. The church is not here so that you can have a comfortable seat to sit in next to someone you feel safe with. Are you with me? The church is here to go and love God's people, period. Period. Who's God's people? Anybody with breath in their lungs. Anybody. That means even if they hate God. When I was at that show last night, there was a young man standing in front of me and his, his sweatshirt said, teach your children to worship Satan. Now I could have judged him and been like, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. Or I could be fired up at the fact that I am right next to you right now and praying for you and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. Come on, somebody. 
course, my motorcycle died again while I was there. And so as I'm trying to leave, I go to turn it on. The battery's dead. I'm like, dude, I charged the whole thing up. I need a new battery. But as I sat there and I went and asked a bunch of punker, punk rockers, hey, do you have jumper cables? Do you have jumper cables? Do you have jumper cables? I'm making new friends now. Like, it's time. But do you have jumper cables? And finally, somebody has jumper cables, and, and they go get jumper cables. They, they leave their wife and kids with me. She's looking at her husband like, what are you doing? We don't know this. We don't even know if that's actually his bike. Are you with me? And she's like, you're going to leave me here with this dude, right? And then I told her, oh, hey, how did you know Jesse? Oh, he was a good friend of mine. I haven't seen him for 10 years, but I'm here to celebrate him. And I said, oh, that's awesome. She's like, how did you know him? I was like, I was his pastor. And she's like, you're a pastor? She's like, you don't look like a pastor. I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. Right? Come on. Because you know what? I don't have to look normal. I don't have to wear skinny jeans to be a pastor. I don't have to be clean shaven to be a pastor. Are you with me? You don't have to be something else to be who God created you to be. Are you with me? Oh, most of, most of the something else has been confusion from the world trying to fit in somewhere. Did you know that? Most of the stuff that's wrong with us that needs to be fixed, so to speak, it's because we've tried to put labels on ourselves or other people put labels on us that we've now accepted as who we are. But the truth is, they don't belong there. You've put these labels on you thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm too tall, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too annoying, I'm too this, I'm too that. Are you with me? But the truth is, God made you. So ask, ask your Creator, why did you make me this way? Why did you make me to think this way? Why did you make me to, to react this way? Why am I allowed and that person's quiet? Why am I quiet and that person's loud? Are you with me? And then you stop caring. Oh my goodness. About what everybody else thinks. But that's a different part of Jesus. You ever thought of that? You ever thought of the different parts of the body have different functions? Right? Is your, is your hand always in agreement with your foot? Do they, do they wear the same thing? Do they dress the same? Do they have the same function? No, they don't. But yet, we don't, we don't have arguments all day with our hands and our feet. Like, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing this? Like, where are, we, where are we going? Our bodies aren't having an argument. But yet, the body of Christ has an argument all the time. So the person with the, the suit, suit jacket is looking at me saying, you, you can't dress like that. You can't wear a hat inside. You can't, do that. you can't have facial hair like that and be a preacher. And you know what? And I could be sitting on the other side going like, dude, you're so stuck up. There's a stick in your butt. How are you going? Like, we could, we could just have arguments the whole time about how, or we can just encourage each other in our lane. Dude, keep getting it, bro. You can do this. Keep going after it. There's going to be people that are going to relate to you that want to be in a suit and a tie on a Sunday morning. And then there's going to be people that are like me that show up with facial hair and go, they have people in facial hair in Southern California? Oh, okay. This is my church. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, goodness gracious, it's okay. Just be who God made you to be. Amen? Let's see if we can get through this. Oh, my goodness. Point number two. The kingdom of heaven belongs to these dear children. It belongs to the people of God. John three sixteen and 17, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish. Somebody say everyone. What does everyone mean? 
Everyone, man, that was a difficult one, wasn't it? Everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge or condemn the world. How many of us are judging and condemning? But to save the world through him. You know, the key is realizing that we're already condemned. If you read the rest of that scripture, you're already condemned. What condemned you? Sin. You are not perfect. Do I have any perfect people in here? Please don't say yes because we'll get hit with a lightning bolt right now. Because you're lying, right? There's no perfect people in here. And the only way to get to heaven is to be perfect. So guess what? You don't qualify and neither do I. Are you with me? But realizing that is realizing why we need Jesus. Jesus was perfect. And He didn't come to pass judgment on us. Sin already did that. We've already been condemned. We've already gone to court and our sin says that your, your sin is worthy of death. It says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You've already earned eternal damnation, if you want to call it that. We've already got that because we're sinful people. But it's a free gift of God. So do we need to earn that? This is where you say no. No, we don't have to earn that. It says free gift of God. We don't earn that. We just receive that. You ever have to earn a gift? Are you with me? You didn't have to earn a gift. A gift was given. It's a gift. Otherwise, it was a wage. See, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. Here's point number three. My final point. God came to redeem my weary. Let's say that together. God came to redeem my weird. You know what's funny about the word weird? Is it means that it's like abstract or different. So if everyone's weird, then there is no weird, is there? So we just figured out that normal and weird are the same thing. So there really isn't a weird, and there really isn't a normal. But yet, weird is normal. Oh, yeah, I'm messing with your brain now, huh? You're like, like, dude, what are you talking about? Weird is normal. Normal is weird. Weird means abstract and different. Normal means all the same. There is no normal. So weird is normal. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> so God came to redeem every single person, every single weird, and every single normal. He came to redeem people. People. Somebody say people. People. Everyone in your sphere is a person. My weird gets really irritated at some other people's weird. I do. I wish I didn't. I work on it constantly. I, I, I'm an outward processor. Do we have any outward processors? Like you, you, you're, like, you're talking while you're figuring it out, right? Right? Where are my inward processors? I wish I could be like you. I'd get in so much less trouble. I'm an outward processor. So I'm like, okay, I'm working on this. This dude is irritating the crud out of me, but I've got to realize that he's just weird, and so am I, and his weird just irritates my weird. And it's okay, okay, right? Like, 
He's putting a shoe on and I'm a hand and I just don't see the point in putting a shoe on. Are you with me? Just letting God do what He's going to do through my weird. He came to redeem me. He came to redeem Him. Amen? He wants you. Go ahead and tell your neighbor He wants you. He wants you. He's always wanted you. Always. Somebody say always. Always wanted you. When we were reading that Scripture, it said, from, from the moment I was born, I, every page of, was written. That means He always wanted you. You may have been born in a way that you weren't wanted. But God always wanted you. Are you with me? Like, maybe you were adopted. Maybe you were the, the baby that they didn't intend to have. Are you with me? They're like, we had your two, your brother and your sister, but then you came ten years later and we were planning on you. But Jesus was. Jesus was. Jesus was. Jesus was. I think about this one often. Because I was born out of wedlock. My mom was 19 years old. And when she was trying to figure out who the dad was, it was one of any three guys she had been with that month. And she wasn't sure. So she, just in case, put all three last names on the birth certificate so we could figure that part out later. See, the world would call me, not a very nice word, but a bastard child. Someone who wasn't planned, didn't matter. But God saw me and went, yes, yes. And you know what? When He saw you, He said, yes, this is it. It's you. You're here. This is the time that you're going to be here. Oh, I can't wait for this time. I've been waiting for this time, for this moment in history when you would be born. You would go through all of your awkward stages of life and you would be you. God is excited about you. Wherever you are today, watching online, wherever you are, God is excited about you. Maybe not everyone else is. Maybe not everyone else is. I know not everyone's excited about me. John 15, 18 says, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Jesus, who could possibly hate Jesus? This man did everything to love everybody else. Who could if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. Verse 19, the world would love you as its own if you belong to it, but you are not, no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Verse 20, do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they listen to me, they will listen to you. I don't need everyone to love me. Come on. I think we might need to say that out loud. Because faith comes by hearing, and, and hearing you say those words yourself. So I would just want you to say right now, I don't need everyone to love me. Let's do that together. Ready? I don't need everyone to love me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And he was excited about me being born. He's excited about me being alive. He's excited about where I'm at right now even if I came in here barely dragging myself in. 
I might not have come in here fired up and ready to go. But Jesus wants me. He wants me. They might not want me. My ex, my ex might not want me. My kids might not want me. My family might not want me. Maybe they disown me. Right? But Jesus wants me. The body of Christ wants me. When I was talking to one of Jesse's sisters this weekend, she said he loved going to your church. He loved going to your church because he never felt judged. He always felt accepted. He walked in his own way, and everybody loved me. I loved him. Now that I got to meet you, I can see why. Are you with me? Like, let's just go embody Jesus. Let's re- realize that every person we run into was fearfully and wonderfully made. Are you with me? If we're going to grow our minds, we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to look at it this way. Your weird might irritate my weird. Does my, my weird irritate you? Go ahead and say sometimes. If it's most of the time, you can still say sometimes to make me feel better. My weird irritates people's weird. And it's okay. I'm not here to fix you, make you better. God made you perfect. He made you the way He wants you to be. So let's, let's focus on Him. If there's stuff that needs to get washed off that the world or some other idea put on you, oh, that's a whole different thing. That, you might have claimed that that's who you are and not realized that that's not even who you are. You've just been holding on to it for a while. Are you with me? You've been holding on to that judgment. You've been holding on to that thought process. You've been holding on to that brokenness. Somebody mistreated you. Somebody hurt you. Somebody did something to you and it made you bitter like it made me bitter. I have to let go of that. That's not who I am. That bitterness isn't who I am. Are you with me? I need to let go of the bitterness so I can be who I am. Are you with me? God has something for you that you don't even imagine. That you can't even see yet. I want to go back to Psalm 139. We're going to go read the first 12 verses. We read 13, but we're going to go back and read the first 12 verses. It says, O Lord, You have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from Your presence. If I go up to heaven, You are there. If I go down to the grave, You are there. If I ride the wings from the morning, if I dwell in the farthest ocean, even there Your hand will guide me and Your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from You. To You, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. And then he talks about how I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. See, there's no accident. God's in it. People mess things up. Come on. Look to the person next to you like you messed it up. Yep, it was your fault. It was your fault. Because people mess things up all the time. I have so many regrets. Does anybody have regrets? I have so many regrets of how I've treated people over the years. I have so many regrets how, how even if I just didn't love them enough. 
I was telling my uh, my coworker at the punk rock show last night. He's one of the drummers. I was telling him how I I regret how I haven't loved people the way I used to, and he looked at me like I was crazy. He's like you, and I said, bro, like I'm serious. He's like I I can't even imagine somebody like you saying that. I'm like why? He said because you're always encouraging. You're always loving people. I said yeah, but you don't understand. I've been loving them like this. Like, I'll love you as long as you stay this far away from me. Because I'll tell you that how awesome you are and how incredible you are, but if I bring you in close, then you have a chance to hurt me, and I don't know if I can handle that again. I don't know if I can be your friend like that. Because if I'm your friend like that, then, then when you leave me, it hurts so much more. If I already expect you to leave me, then if I just leave you here saying, I love you and I'm glad you're here, but stay right there, if you just stay right there, then then when you leave, I can just go, yeah, that one guy that came in that one time, and, and yeah, he just doesn't intend here anymore. But if I bring you in, and I, I eat dinner with you, and, and we sit together, and we, we struggle through stuff together, and we do life together, and we're like, gosh darn it, man, like, I'm struggling with this thing, and, and going to Fight Club, I don't want to talk about my feelings with other dudes, like, this is ridiculous. But then when we, when we break together, and then when we mend together, then it's like my brothers in the Marine Corps. Then it's the, that pain of losing a brother in comparison to just losing an acquaintance. But there's a purpose to brotherly love. There's a purpose to carrying each other. There's a purpose to launching each other into into our destiny. The Bible says that, that two are stronger than one. And a three-chord strand is not easily broken. So get three brothers together. Watch what can happen. Get three sisters together that aren't backbiting, that aren't gossiping, that aren't talking about each other behind each other's back. Get three sisters together that can be real. Talk about how the, the fact that you get irritated with the same thing. Deal with the same shortcomings, the same shortfalls. And grow together. And watch what God can do. We stop looking at how weird each other is. <laughs> and instead we're like, bro, you're weird, my weird, let's go be weird. Let's go be weird. Let's see what God can do through a bunch of weirdos like us. Amen? <sighs> I'm tired. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. I'm tired. Can I tell you that? Is that okay? I'm tired. Working two jobs? I'm tired. People's antics? I get tired. The one thing I've learned over the years, if I take the junk, if I take the tiredness, if I take people's weirdness, I'm not supposed to carry it problem is a lot of times I try to. A lot of times I try to. I'll start wondering, maybe if I just did things differently, maybe if I treated them differently, maybe if I fixed things, maybe if I tried to do more, maybe it would be better. You know what? Every time I've done that, it's always made it worse. It's not my job to carry people's junk. It's not your job to carry people's junk. It's not your job to carry your own junk. When I was talking with this young lady all her spikes and her 
makeup running down her face. She said, Jesse would call me every day. He would talk to me every day. And the reason that I'm sober for 12 months now is because Jesse was the only one who believed in me. You know what I told her? I said, you know how he could do that? Can you imagine? You, you've heard all these other people talking. You weren't the only one. He was calling 30 people a day before me. I don't even know. Are you with me? It's my job. I love my job. But Jesse was doing this for 30 people a day. I said, do you think he could carry your junk and that person's junk and that person's junk and that person's junk? And she looked at me and said, I can't imagine. I said, you want to know how he did it? I'll tell you. Every time he took your junk, you'd give it to him. He would take it and he'd give it to Jesus. And then he'd go to the next person. Then he'd take their junk and then he'd give it to Jesus. Then he'd go to the next person and he'd take their junk and then he'd give it to Jesus. And he would do that for 30 people every single day. 30 different people. He was a garbage man. I'm, I'm here for your junk. Ready to get together? Ready to grab some coffee? Let's get let's get that junk out on the table so we don't have to carry it anymore. Tell you what, though, I'm not carrying it for you. I'm giving it to Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhenney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook church center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the church center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.